This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Tuesday the 12th of October. In your Squiz today, nudging the gnats on climate policy. New South Wales feels the freedom. UK police won't investigate Prince Andrew. And happy birthday, Hugh. This is your Squiz today. Let's start with climate policy today, Claire. Nationals, MPs and Senators met yesterday to talk about endorsing a more ambitious 2030 emissions reduction plan and that longer term target of net zero emissions by 2050. Where the Nats land on this is something Scott Morrison will be keenly watching. Yeah, he really is watching it very closely, of course, because we've not got many, many weeks before we get to that November uh, COP26 summit on climate change in Glasgow. Scott Morrison hasn't confirmed whether he's attending that yet. And with all of these things still up in the air, uh, it, of course, is an open question. But that should move on this week because, as you say, the Nats are getting their position sorted out. Uh, The federal cabinet will be meeting tomorrow to discuss the policy. That will be the first time that the policy is put on the table. And then the Nats will head back to a party room meeting, it seems, on Sunday uh, to decide whether they'll go for that. The biggest question is the size of the compensation package uh, and the investment in clean energy projects in regional Australia. Yeah, Scott Morrison seemed to give them a bit of a nod and a nudge yesterday when he said that it's up to the government to ensure, and this is the quote, communities right across rural and regional Australia can look at this change and understand that there are big opportunities and there is a way through. Claire, this is an issue for plenty of governments around the world, especially the big emitters like the US. It sure is because that Glasgow summit really is a flashpoint when it comes to what's happening uh, with climate change policies and with commitments for emissions reductions right around the world. Uh, Joe Biden, when he became president, uh, campaigned on a platform of America really stepping up its commitments to reduce emissions. Uh, But he has, like Scott Morrison, has uh, been hamstrung by his own party. Uh, In the United States, the moderate and Progressive Democratic Party is still discussing what sort of commitments there should be and what experts say is we could get uh, to Glasgow to that early November point and the United States won't have an agreed policy either. Yeah, it's not just something for governments, though. Of course, heads of state are getting involved too, and I'm referring there, Claire, to the royals. They'll be attending that COP26 summit in Glasgow at the end of the month and en masse. The Queen, along with Prince Charles and Camilla, and also William and Kate, will head along. They want to help persuade world leaders to make and keep pledges to save the environment. New South Wales looked and felt a little different yesterday. Claire, people were out and about, businesses were open, reunions with family were had. It's been a long 15 weeks. Sure has, and Kate, you and I, of course, are in Sydney. It was a rainy, cold day yesterday, so people probably weren't out and about, particularly at the beach and those sort of places where they probably really wanted to get to. But certainly when it comes to uh, going to places where you couldn't, the hairdressers were absolutely hammered. Um, Also, pubs were very popular, lots of pictures from there too. So lots of relief, but of course, the Premier, um, Dominic Perrottet, says, 
areas that we've got to be cautious as well because, of course, there are still restrictions in place and they need to be adhered to. Yeah, he tempered a bit of the excitement with that. He also said the state's case numbers will rise in the coming weeks and we should be prepared for that. As for the next hurdle, that's 80% of those over 16 fully vaccinated. Modelling suggests that's due late next week, which means additional freedoms from the Monday following, so the 25th of October. Back in 2012, an Afghan soldier known as Hekmatullah went rogue and killed three off-duty Australian soldiers while they were playing cards in Afghanistan. He was jailed in the country and transferred to Qatar as part of peace talks with the US last year. Now Australian officials have confirmed he has been released from jail and his whereabouts, Claire, is unknown. There was a lot of concern last year about where Hekmatullah was and whether he would be released. It was a story at the time, particularly the families of those victims uh, wanting answers about whether he would be released as part of those peace talks, as you say, between the United States and the Taliban. So it was very disappointing to them yesterday when it was confirmed that he has been released. That just happened quite recently uh, when the Taliban took control of Kabul. Uh, There were quite a few of those Taliban prisoners who were released. So that's happened. And of course, the families are devastated. Yeah, federal government spokesperson here in Australia said yesterday that we share the sorrow of Australians at this outcome and again offer our condolences to the families and the loved ones of our three fallen soldiers. He's still facing a sexual assault lawsuit in the United States, but Prince Andrew has one less legal matter to worry about, and that's because UK police, Claire, have confirmed their decision to not investigate sexual assault allegations levelled at him by Australian woman Virginia Dufresne. Yeah, and she really did push uh, her case with not just those authorities in the UK but the US when she started making formal complaints uh, quite recently. The UK had looked into those claims some time before, uh, but it did pick it up again under some pressure to review exactly what she had said. Uh, why the UK authorities were interested in that is because Dufresne said that Andrew uh, sexually assaulted her while in London, uh, as well as in New York and on Epstein's private island in the Caribbean. But the UK authorities said yesterday that they've looked at that and they're going to take no further action. Rumour has it, Claire, that people in the royal family are really not happy with Prince Andrew's situation. As we know, he's been stood down from royal duties for the time being, but reports are that Prince William wants his uncle to step away for good. We haven't had a space story in a little while, Claire, so let's do it. Israeli scientists have managed to simulate life on Mars. Why is this such a big deal? (laughs) Well, of course, there's lots of interest in heading to Mars, lots of interest in space travel in general. So uh, people haven't gone to Mars before. There's lots of experiments to be conducted to try and make that as safe as possible. Elon Musk is one uh, who has said that he reckons 
people could get to Mars as early as 2024. So there's lots of research to be done. And what uh, this very dusty crater uh, in Israel has been fitted out to do is to simulate life on Mars. There are six scientists there at the moment. They're from a research facility in Austria. Uh, What they're doing is living there, eating there, sleeping there, conducting experiments. They're taking these mock spacewalks uh, outside. All looks very funny if you were just a normal person walking past. But uh, (laughs) what they say is that every mistake they make here on Earth, they won't repeat it on Mars. I'm sure those listening who are into space as a kid will say they've simulated life on Mars a million times. It's not that hard. (laughs) On space, Blue Origin, which is Jeff Bezos's spacecraft, is heading up there this week. On board will be none other than actor William Shatner. It's a joy flight, so to speak. They go up, they check out Earth from above and they head back down. At 90, that'll make him the oldest person to head to space. He says, Claire, he's a little nervous. He's a bit terrified, he says. And as one of the team said, he's not so boldly going where men have gone before. So (laughs) as his former Captain Kirk character, he's not quite living up to those expectations. (laughs) Well, there's no going back. It's not a movie set this time around. There's an Aussie on board that flight too, Claire. So we might hear a bit more about that through the news this week. Squeeze the day. It's Hugh Jackman's birthday today. How old do you think he is? Oh, like probably I think he's perennially sort of 35, isn't he? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Though I don't think he'll mind us disclosing that you got to flip those numbers around. He's actually 53 today. There you go. <laughs> For me, it's the anniversary of Charles McIntosh selling raincoats, not Macintosh computers. He sold raincoats. He painted them back in 1823. That's the old Mac. That's a bit of a wacky one to finish on (laughs) this morning, but we don't mind that from time to time here at The Squiz. Thanks as always for tuning in to our podcast. Claire, you and Larissa will be back tomorrow. message now from our podcast partner, BHP. The steel made from iron ore plays an important role in providing the production of our energy infrastructure, from wind turbines to power poles. So cutting carbon emissions in iron ore production is key. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power its port facilities at Port Headland. It's happening now at BHP.